Hi, welcome to Cochrane Alliance Church and our online sermons. We are so glad you are able to join us. We pray that this sermon will be a blessing and an encouragement to you this week. Well, this morning uh, we continue with our series, God With Us. And uh, as we do, um, I want to intro with this. We often come to conclusions often based on how we interpret information that we see or that is communicated to us. In many situations, there's often only one correct explanation. However, people will often differ in the conclusions that they come to based on the information that they see or the information surrounding the the situation or how it comes to them. Take, for example, uh, what happened earlier to me this weekend on Friday. My friend uh, Rem Vlasblom, who many of you know, uh, texted me Friday afternoon with this question. Did you just get elected to public office? Now you need to understand this isn't entirely odd for Rem to text such a question. Just something random out of the blue. And yet it's still got the wheels turning. I'm trying to track and figure out what's going on. And so while I'm trying to do that, I respond back, oh yeah, of course. Um, I didn't know it was public knowledge yet that I had been elected to the office of head custodian at the ranch house. Rem replied uh, with this image. This is our bulletin for this week. And I want to (laughs) mention, see, you see it already, don't you? Now, Wendy, who does our bulletin, nothing is wrong with this. Wendy does a great job, and I want to make sure that this is not on her. But um, you can see how things read, how it presents. It presents very differently. And all of a sudden, I understood what Rem meant. The Honorable, this week's sermon title is not a descriptor of me. (laughs) I am not running for public office. I am still here and I'm pastoring. The Honorable is the title for the sermon this week, to which I was given by Brent. I didn't know he felt that way about me. But uh, again, not a descriptor of me, but a descriptor of who we're going to look at this morning, the person of Joseph. Joseph is our character this morning that we're going to dive into from the, char- uh, from the Christmas story. And specifically, we want to look at his honorable character and his honorable response to the news that Mary is expecting a child that he knows is not his. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and that's where we're going to read about Joseph. There's not a lot recorded, but these are the verses of him receiving the news that Mary is expecting a child. If you don't have a Bible, the words are on the screen. This is what it reads. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Have you ever wondered why God unfolded his plan in this way, in the order that he did? To me, one must wonder why God had things play out this way. So that it was Mary who first had to share the news of being pregnant with Joseph. Can you picture the conversation that would have happened? Mary coming home to Joseph. Joseph, now promise you're not going to freak out. Now, this is going to come as a surprise. Trust, trust me, it, it came as a surprise to me too. But guess what? I'm pregnant. And I know what you're thinking. How is this even possible? But don't worry. This is from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on me and this will be God's son. Now remember at this point, Joseph has not been told anything by God. Why not have the angel come to Joseph first to give him a heads up about the conversation with Mary? Don't you think that that would have made things a little bit easier for Joseph to receive the news? Had an angel already revealed to him what God was doing? Likely, yes. How I, however, I believe that this is how God often works in the unexpected an incomplete picture. Because it's in the moments and experiences that are beyond us that there is opportunity to experience the fullness of the promise of God with us. See, we are going to see through Joseph's response to Mary's news that she is expecting a child that he knows is not his, how God is with us in the unknown. And Joseph's response really is unexpected from how one might think that he should respond. Again, put yourself in Joseph's shoes. In the moments of Mary sharing the news of being pregnant, how do you think that Joseph would have felt in that moment? How would you have responded? Mary's story about an angel visiting and still being a virgin but pregnant likely would have been upsetting, unsettling, possibly confusing. Joseph likely is wondering how and why Mary has deceived him. And why would she try to make up such a crazy story to try to cover up what would seem like betrayal? All to say it would have been completely understandable for Joseph to have doubts and feelings of walking away from Mary. Joseph really had every right to throw Mary under the bus, to publicly disgrace her. See, an engagement in this day was a very binding agreement, and if a woman was found to be in adultery, she could face the penalty of being stoned to death. That was the law. 
this would have been the accepted response of the day. And it would have upheld Joseph's social status. Now, I'm sure many of us today would likely agree that Joseph would have had every right to be angry, to be upset, to be furious, maybe even vengeful. We likely would have no problem saying that maybe outside of Mary being stoned to death, that this would be a right response for Joseph. Yet this was not the response that Joseph gave after receiving this life-altering news. See, Joseph's faith guided him to be kind even when emotions whirled within him. Despite the black and white appearance of the law, he does not seek revenge or to publicly disgrace Mary. Joseph knew God to be a God of compassion, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of inclusion. And as such, Joseph's response is one of loving kindness. Even when he's perceived to have been wronged, he does what is gracious. In this, he did not seek to give the right response, but he gave the righteous response. And here's what I mean by that statement. He did not seek to do what was right, but what was righteous. Often, we want faith to have black and white answers. We want to know what is wrong. We want to know what is right. And we want everything to fit in one of those boxes. But let me suggest that just because something is not wrong does not make it right. Just because you haven't heard a sermon telling you something is wrong does not make it wrong or does not make it right. But a righteous response doesn't just consider if a decision is right or wrong. It's rooted in asking, does this decision or action reflect the heart of Jesus and help to establish his kingdom in the world? A right response for Joseph would have been to be angry and upset. That would have been right for him to publicly disgrace Mary but it was not the righteous response. Joseph's kindness with Mary when he believed she betrayed him shows that his heart belonged to God. Joseph's decision models a Christ-like response to betrayal. Our culture so often suffers from a deficiency of kindness. Hateful comments on social media, bullying, Exclusion, me first living, extinguishes kindness. But Joseph's example of kindness can teach us a lot about faith in the face of disappointment. See, we are to model the loving kindness of God by responding with love and grace towards others. Joe Burton writes these words, a heart that belongs to God finds compassion when revenge is easiest. The New Testament is full of this idea that when our heart belongs to God, then we deal with those who hurt us, betray us, persecute us, and are our enemies with love instead of hate, with compassion instead of revenge, with blessing instead of curses. 
The reality is that loving others has as much to do with loving God, and loving God is best shown when we show compassion to those who hurt us. When our hearts belong to God, others will know by the compassion we show. Have you ever been in a difficult place where you don't really know what to think about a situation or a person or a group of people? Maybe a person that you trust and respect has broken the rules and it appears as though they are at fault. The natural tendency for us is to assign negative negative motives or cynicism to the person's decisions. Yet you wonder if there's more to the story that they're telling. Perhaps the person has indicated that there is more. And so let me suggest to us today that when we are faced with opportunity, questions, invitations, hardships, or desires, that our responses in these times should not be dictated by the question of, is this right or wrong? But rather, what is the righteous choice? For Joseph, his decision was driven by his righteousness, his kindness, and his heart to be gracious. His decision was to be compassionate by divorcing Mary quietly. Although Joseph couldn't see ahead toward what God was doing in the world through his seemingly inconsequential life, God was at work. The righteous response of Joseph, too, then, allowed him to be slow to anger and hear the voice of God. When we are slow to anger and choose to respond in kindness, we too allow ourselves time to hear from God. Joseph simply needed to slow down and listen. Amid his grief, his inner turmoil, and likely sleepless nights, God now sends an angel to tell him the truth about the situation to calm his inner turmoil, and to give him the wisdom to know what to do. Through a dream, an angel tells Joseph to not fear and to take Mary as his wife, to take the son as his own, and to give him the name Jesus, which means God saves us. What if we too found ourselves, when we find ourselves in these places, we paused We didn't respond with anger, but we chose kindness and grace and waited to hear from God. We could respond in this way by taking an approach along these lines, pausing and praying something similar to this. God, I don't know what to believe. Help me to avoid coming to quick conclusions to listen to this individual while also listening to your voice to guide me in how to proceed. Deliver me from deceptive thinking and any way the enemy wants to twist this situation or make me think badly of this person or group of people. See, after hearing from God, Joseph then has another choice to make. He can follow through on his plan to divorce Mary quietly 
or he can change course and listen to God by taking Mary as his wife and fathering this coming child. Now, one must understand that this would not have been a trivial decision for Joseph to make. Pastor Barbara Brown Taylor says this about Joseph. The heart of the story is about a just man who wakes up one day to find his life wrecked. His fiance pregnant, his trust betrayed, his name ruined, his future revoked. It is about a righteous man who surveys a mess he has absolutely nothing to do with and decides to believe that God is present in it. He owns this mess, gives it a name, and the, ne- the mess becomes the place where new life is born. Consider what Joseph faced by being obedient to God. Consider the cost. If Joseph listens to God, he exposes himself to public ridicule. Shame was a powerful force in Joseph's culture, and being shamed could ruin his reputation, his business, his life. And so imagine the shame that he would subject himself to by staying with the woman that everyone believes was unfaithful and fathering her child. For Joseph to respond in obedience to what God was asking him took a great measure of courage and faith. He had no awareness of the entirety of God's plan or what was about to unfold. The only plan that he fully knew and understood was his. And he would have to relinquish that to God. If he was going to respond in the way that God was calling him to, being obedient would mean embracing the pain, the confusion, and believing that God had a higher plan and purpose for all that he was wanting to unfold. Many of us hold to a belief or at least a hope that we can say yes to following Jesus and that it won't require much of us. However, Joseph's experience speaks a different message. Following Jesus in obedience will often come with a great cost in life. Joseph's righteousness, though, spurred his obedience. Even when obeying was difficult, when it involved stepping into the unknown, This wasn't the dream that Joseph had in mind for himself. There was likely pain and grieving of sacrificing his own will to follow God's plan. But still, Joseph obeys and stays with Mary, faithfully accepting all the social stigma he knew he'd receive. Despite the consequences, despite the chaos, Despite the unknown future, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. Joseph abandons his plans, his dreams, in order to embrace the new dream that God had given him. A dream that was greater than his own. Joanne Taylor says, Abandoning the old dream makes it it possible to embrace a new dream. 
How often is Joseph's story our story? We are presented day after day with circumstances that are beyond our control. Circumstances that we likely would have never chosen for ourselves. Tempted to divorce ourselves from the belief that God could be anywhere in this mess. You may have experienced disappointment. And you may be wondering, what is next? Maybe you're working to accomplish or lay out your best made plans. And you just find yourself spinning your tires, getting nowhere. And as difficult as it might be, God might be speaking to you the message that he gave to Joseph in those verses. Do not fear. Lay down your plan and step into the plan that I have for you. This can be difficult. It can be painful. But we must trust that God has more for us than we could dream on our own. We need to step out and away from the expectations that we and the world are putting on ourselves and step into the dream that God is calling you to. See, fear didn't stop Joseph from being obedient. Instead, he kept his eyes on God. And the same is true for us today. Fear doesn't have to control us. Instead, we are to focus on the one who has overcome God with us. To not let fear dictate our faith response. When we start to wake up and see more clearly what the walk of faith requires, we are faced with a choice. The choice to get up and do what the Lord has commanded us to do, even if it's uncomfortable and seems foolish to others, or to keep moving or, or keeping moving in our in your plans and strength to maintain personal comfort and security. When we respond to God in obedience, though, we open ourselves up to be transformed and fully used by him. I invite our worship team to see this. We need simply look at the life of Joseph and how God was with him and used him when he responded in obedience. Responding in a righteous and obedient way moves Joseph into a position of being able to participate in God's extraordinary plan. And when God's dream for Joseph became a reality, not only was he changed, but the world around him was transformed. Joseph found himself in a situation that was beyond himself. This scenario could have been overwhelming, could have been crushing and defeating. However, it was not. Because of Joseph's righteous response and obedience, he was able to experience the fullness of God. Joanne Taylor again says, transformation happens when we trust God enough to say yes. And God's vision for us begins to work its way into every aspect of our lives. 
for us today, I believe the same is true as it was for Joseph. God has something incredible for you. But you need to lay down your safe plans. You need to choose to embrace the difficult, but meaningful plans that God has for you. We can't possibly know what hangs in the balance on that decision to follow God's calling. Joseph certainly didn't. But if God is leading you to do something, to take an action, to respond in kindness, to choose righteousness, if so, the right response is obedience. When we obey God, he can use us. If we don't follow in obedience to God's leading, we deprive ourselves of the opportunity to partner with God on his mission. Whether or not we choose or how we choose to respond is up to us. I believe God has incredible things for each of us. Are you willing to step into that? To not fear and respond to the call that God has for you in your life. Would you join us as we worship together?